On today's show, a little crossover action with our buddy Josh Neighbors, host of the Locked On Big 12 podcast. It's a big SEC Big 12 hoops weekend with the SEC Big 12 Challenge. We're going to preview all of the matchups between the SEC and the Big 12 happening on Saturday. Locked On SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Joining me tonight, it is Chris Gordy of the Locked On SEC Podcast. It is a crossover. We have the Big 12 SEC (laughs) Challenge, but however you want to say it, it's coming up this weekend Chris, I feel like we should be on a fight post where it's like you and I have our fists across each other. <laughs> you know, it's just it's the Big 12 SEC challenge. Um, it's exciting because the Big Ten talks a bunch about how good of a basketball conference it is. They cannibalize each other and then end up, you know, two teams in the in the Sweet 16, whatever it is, one team in Sweet 16. Um, these are the two best basketball conferences in the country. And also to add to kind of some of the mixture here, Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC. But all the major metrics still say that the Big 12 conference is probably still going to be the best basketball conference after it's all said and done. I want to say this first. I went to Missouri, Missouri graduate. Um, The SEC as a basketball conference has taken major strides in the last few years. And to me, it it is one of the two best conferences in the league. Uh, in, in the all of, all of America, uh, you agree? Yeah, it, it, a big part of his coaching. I mean, I remember being at SEC Media Days a few years ago and talking with one of the new uh, heads of uh, heads of basketball on the SEC side, and I remember him saying, "Like this conference is gonna is on the rise. Like we're getting better because we're getting better coaches." And man, you look at what Nate Oates has done at Alabama. You look at what Bruce Pearl is building at Auburn. Will Wade, feisty Will Wade at LSU. And then you got the guys who aren't doing so well this year. Kermit Davis is a really good coach. Tom Crane, historically, has been a really good coach. He's having a terrible year at Georgia. Quanzo Martin has been a guy who's won at multiple places, and he's having a really down year. So, yeah, it's uh, it's becoming almost what football is in the SEC, where good coaches get eaten alive because the other teams are so good. But, man, I just think the recruiting as well has stepped up big time. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about an Auburn team that has multiple guys that could go in the lottery this year. Tennessee, the past couple of years, has had you know one, two guys jumping in the lottery. So, I mean, it's, it's across the board. The talent has gotten better. And you talked about it. I mean, these are the, the two best conferences, in my opinion. You, you look at the rankings right now. SEC's got four teams in the top 25. Big 12's got four teams on the, in the top 25. But you could argue one or two you know, teams from the SEC and Big 12 that aren't ranked should be ranked. So, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a really, really good uh, matchup this week. I think some of the matchups are really good. Some are a little bit lopsided. It is what it yeah. is. But, no, I think we're, we're, we're in for a heck of a day of SEC versus Big 12 basketball on Saturday. And, and while the matchups are, are lopsided, there's still opportunities for a lot of teams, right? The, the opportunities for teams like Oklahoma, who have not been is not been great in, in conference play, but we saw Auburn struggle against Missouri team. So hey, maybe it's an opportunity for an Oklahoma to get back on track. Florida, a bubble. To, I mean, yes, the, the story of the SEC right now is how many teams are we don't know for sure, but a lot of prognosticators have them on the bubble. And so to me, that's kind of the story of this of this SEC Big Twelve challenge is 
the number of bubble tw- bubble teams, and you can, you can go both ways of this, that have opportunities to score big wins with a tough schedule coming up for a lot of them, too. Yeah, I think back to this this weekend a year ago, and I think back to you know, LSU had Texas Tech beat in the final minute, and they right. let it slip away, and oh, Texas Tech right. somehow pulled out the win. And then from there, LSU, that was kind of their story of their schedule the rest of the way. It was like, man, they kept stubbing their toe, and it was like they couldn't get out of their own way. And look at what Texas Tech did, you know, throughout the postseason last year. And you, know, you could almost say maybe that was the game that gave them confidence and said, man, we can win any way possible. So, you know, not, not to put too much on this weekend, but this could be a weekend where, you know, a team that's kind of been middling, whether in the SEC or the Big 12, gets a big win, and it's that confidence builder for them moving forward. Yep, let's get to all the matchups. First, quick word from our sponsors here to this show is brought to you by NetSuite from Oracle. Over 28,000 businesses have already switched to NetSuite for the new year. NetSuite is a new financing program available for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lock. That's netsuite.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Once again, head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Businesses, Once again, netsuite.com slash locked. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so I have all the matchups uh, right here. I put them all into writing. We've got them all. One game by itself in the 11 a.m. Central time window, which which, that's what we're going to use for God's time zone uh, right here. All right, so your LSU Tigers, number 19 in the country, go to TCU. This game is pretty compelling. I know people say, ah, it's kind of a throwaway almost. It's pretty compelling because LSU has not had Darius Days and they've not had former Missouri Tiger. It pains me to say that. Uh, Xavier Pinson for a while had looked like a different team. TCU is coming off a loss to a, they had a jam packed home arena and Texas brought the thump to them. Two teams in pretty interesting spots here. LSU sub 500 in SEC play. They need to win pretty badly, not for the conference stuff, but just kind of, Hey, say we're not just about these two players days and Pinson. We can win without those guys. Yeah, I think uh, LSU did a good job. They, they, you, you could almost look at their schedule and say they've gotten through the toughest part of it. They still have a couple of tough, tough games, but you know the, the game against A&M the other night, it was mm-hmm. like, all right, this is a game where you're better than this team, you better beat them, and they were able to pull that one out, and it snapped their three-game losing streak. They should have beat Arkansas uh, the weekend prior, but they let that one slip away in the final minutes. Their, their offense went absolutely cold. But outside of that, there are other losses on the road at, at Auburn, on the road at Alabama – on the road to Tennessee, those aren't bad losses. Like, those are games that, man, you fought hard and you lost. So, uh, yeah, for LSU, they've got to figure this thing out. And, man, they can't let this one slip away. They can't mess around and lose to a TCU team 
um, you know, this weekend. Win this one and then take care of the, your business against the lesser teams in the SEC down the stretch, and they'll be all right. Tari Eason has probably been their best player so far this year. He can get to the basket whenever he wants, gets to the free throw line a ton. He's a good rebounder at six foot eight. Eric Gaines, he's been coming on as late as, as well. He had 16 points against AM the other night. Steals a ton of balls. I think he's top 20, you know, 29th, 30th somewhere in steals in the country. So he's really good. And you know, the big one is Xavier Pinson. Like you said, if they were able to get him back this this weekend, no word yet on if he's going to be back. But as soon as he gets back, man, that offense flows so much better with him in the game. He's got a sick handle. He's got a pretty good step back. He's he's in, when he's in control, he's in control of everything that's happening in the game. I want to ask you about one more thing about LSU. Is this LSU team got the best shot to go deepest in the tournament? I remember the Nas Reed Tremont Waters team felt like that was a team that was positioned to go as far as they wanted to, as far as it could push it. Is this team got a chance at full strength to be better than that team was and go further in the NCAA tournament? than that team even could have. Well, this is Will Wade's most talented team, and I say that knowing, uh, you know, he had two pretty good studs on his team on his team last year that, uh, you know, they tried to go deep in the tournament. But, uh, you know, Cam Thomas, look at what he's doing in the NBA. But, um, no, I think this is his most talented team, and, yeah, this is the team that's most poised. I mean, they've had Shaq's son sitting around for a while, Sharif O'Neal. He's finally starting to develop a role coming off the bench and able to make some shots, and you know, it was kind of a joke the other night. He hit a three in the game, and they joked. That's the first time they ever heard that in the history of Baton Rouge. O'Neal for three, because Shaq never made a three in his <laughs> career. But, uh, but no, I mean, he's been a nice, solid contributor. This is their most deepest and most talented team that they've had at LSU in the Will Wade era. So, yeah, I mean, look, just making the tournament this year isn't acceptable. I think Sweet 16 and further needs to be their goal this year. Do you think LSU gets it done against TCU on Saturday? I think so. I, I think this is a game that they look at and say, we've got to take care of business against this team. They've they, Again, they've lost some some close games to some really good teams. I think this is one that they look at and say we have to have. I think Jamie Dixon's crew, after being embarrassed, bounce back. So you and I are at odds the first time. I'm sure not the last time tonight. All right, next game. This is the first of the 1 o'clock Central Time games talking about Oklahoma goes to Auburn. So there's so much surrounding Auburn right now. The win streak, Bruce Pearl Louisville. The fact that they've got a guy in Jabari Smith who I watch. I mean, this is a team that, you know, think about the NBA and you're very familiar with it. Playing two guys above 6'10 is not something that normally happens unless you have a Kevin Durant type right. guy. Is Jabari, I mean, Auburn gets away with it because they've got Walker Kessler, they've got Jabari Smith, and he's a guy who played the perimeter. I mean, this is this is crazy to think. Ten years ago, we have ten years, the fact that an Auburn team could play a Walker Kessler most blocks in the country beside a Jabari Smith, 6'10", combo forward guard who is a potential, most likely number one pick with a bunch of talented guys around them. This is a pipe dream for Auburn basketball fans. It is. And Auburn, in my opinion, at least for the past few weeks, is that they're the best team in the country. You know, they played a close one at Mizzou the other night. I understand those games are going to happen, but good teams find ways to pull, pull out those wins, and Auburn did it. Uh, Jabari Smith had one of his poor games of the season, oh. was 2 for 15 shooting, had just five points. But, man, Walker Kessler just dominates the glass, blocks shots left and right. Uh, Katie Johnson's been a nice scoring threat for them. They they just can they can do it in so many different ways, Josh. Like they they can kill you on the glass. They can kill you defensively. They can go at you and 
go on a 7-0 run, and, and suddenly you're scratching your head going, what just happened? So, now Bruce Pearl has done a fantastic job with his team. Again, I, I, I look at this and say, you know, that place is going to be rocking this weekend, and as it has been, they camped out for the Kentucky game a, a few weeks ago. That's unheard of. Like, right. typically at a school like Auburn, you're camping out for football games, not for basketball games. But, yeah, I think this is – they're clearly the number one team in the country. I think they're going to show out this weekend. And, man, you know, it's, it's hard not to pencil Auburn as a Final Four team right now. Yeah, they look great. And Katie Johnson was a guy – you know, we talked about Kessler and we talked about Smith. I mean, Katie Johnson was a guy with two ridiculously tough baskets who got the job done for them against that Missouri team. And, you know, that's one of those – where you're right, those games will happen. They were tougher, though, down the stretch. They made the plays they had made down the stretch, and that's what I wanted to see from a Bruce Pearl team in the end of the game. UVA, to me, was a little bit tougher than them in the Final Four. This is a team with talent, but with a guy like Katie Johnson and a guy who's willing to try to block every shot you throw up, and I think it's the, the misnomer is that Walker Kessler is some soft, you know, big, tall, doughy, white guy. Like, that guy wants to get after it, man. He wants to get after it. That's the difference. Now, I will say... Oklahoma's got a bit of confidence. They just won at West Virginia last night. So take that in there. And Porter, Porter Mosier, we've known, he's pulled off a bunch of upsets before. But to me, this is Auburn's game. Yeah, it is. And and again, I, I, I think Oklahoma's good. I just don't see that, you know, the stud talent that they've had, at least in recent years. So... Uh, another thing to watch for Auburn too is Alan Flanagan still kind of getting getting going. He's not really gone off yet, man. If that guy gets himself right and starts to gel a little bit more with all the guys around him, it's just going to make Auburn that much more of a complete team. All right, next game we've got. Uh, you think this one might be a, a doozy? I'm the concerned about West Virginia. They lost four straight games. Arkansas seems to be pulling it together. One o'clock Central Time, ESPN two. JD Note has come back. It feels like Arkansas is a bit of a different team with him in the lineup. They they are. They absolutely are. And I don't know why. I just think this is going to be one of the better teams in the, uh, of the weekend. I think these teams are pretty comparable. And, yeah, I know Arkansas is winning right now and West Virginia is on a bit of a skid. But Arkansas is a team that had really high hopes for this year. I mean, they, they, they lost three straight to start SEC play. Now they've won five in a row. But J.D. Note has been playing really well uh, as of late. I mean, 25 points the other night in the win over Ole Miss. As a team, they shot 44% from three in that game. They're really starting to come around, play more consistently. Consistently, Eric Musselman was out uh, for a little bit, had a little surgery on his shoulder, but he's back. And, uh, man, they're just they're a dangerous team. And so, uh, yeah, if I had to pick a winner in this one, I'm, I'm going Arkansas, but would not be surprised if West Virginia keeps this thing close down the stretch. Yeah, they, they've, won, they've lost four straight. Uh, West Virginia has, excuse me. They need a, a victory pretty badly. Good place to get it. I, I think you're right. Th- that could play into the desperation and the desire. But this is not the same WU team. They're, you know, they lost Derek Culver last year. Obviously, Oscar Sheba he transferred out last year. We see what he's doing at Kentucky right now. Miles McBride, who's been actually relatively good player for the Knicks so far in the NBA. That, that's a guy who gets you a bucket whenever you need it to. They just don't have those guys in the way they've had in the past sometimes. So I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with Arkansas uh, in this game. And, and then next game we have, last one, I'll wrap this one up real quick. My Missouri Tigers going to Iowa State. Um, Iowa State gets a great win last night on the road uh, in overtime against Oklahoma State. He's been playing pretty well. This might be the end, Chris, for Conzo Martin in uh, Columbia. Yeah, it, Missouri is a mess this year. I mean, I like Kobe Brown as a player. 
solid scorer, but but even his numbers have dipped as of late since they got into SEC play. And Missouri at eight and eleven, I mean, I just don't see how if they finish sub five hundred at the end of the year, I just don't know how Quanzo keeps his job. So yeah, it, it stinks. I mean, again, he's been a guy who's won at multiple places and. You know, Missouri, man, it, the, the transfer portal, we know what it, the, a toll it's taken on teams in football. It took a big toll on Missouri this offseason. All their good players left and went to good, you know, went to good teams. So, um, yeah, this is a mismatch as, as as it comes. And I would be really surprised if Mizzou, you know, even hung around in this one. I think Iowa State blows them out. Yeah, Xavier Pinson and Mark Smith had good seasons at Kansas State from Mark Smith. And then X-Man is obviously one of the things at LSU, as we mentioned. So, yeah, I think this is Iowa State blowout. All right, uh, three o'clock games right here. Baylor at Alabama. This one is compelling for so many reasons because this game at three o'clock, I mean, you schedule Kentucky and Kansas later in the day because you know the historic significance. This one was like kind of the low key, but here's the game of the day for you. Here is the matchup. Alabama and NATO's system and, and guard play going up against Baylor, and if you compare the teams leaving last year, right, no Butler, no Teague, no Mitchell for, for, for Baylor, and you think about what Alabama's bringing back, it's like, those guys probably have the advantage of the perimeter. Ah, not so much as looking at this matchup. I mean, I mean uh, you know, for, for Baylor, it's been a Kinjo and Cryer and Flagler. Things have not been as good on the other side. You know, we think about guys like Shackleford for, um, uh, for Alabama. This game is a huge one, though, because Bama is, I don't think they're on the bubble, but they're trending towards it. They have not been as successful as we thought. Huge opportunity, a big win at home. Yeah, the only thing that makes me pump the brakes on this one is, you know, from saying that this is going to be one of the best games of the day, what Alabama team is going to show up? I mean, right. you know, this this would have been an interesting one. You know, a few weeks ago, we thought Alabama was a top-five team, and then – you know, you got Nate Oates, you got some big-time recruits, but they've just struggled with consistency. They lose a game the other night. They have no business losing at Georgia. You know, had yeah. a big win against LSU before that. But Jaden Shackelford, he's scored in the 20s in each of his last three games. He has been playing much better as of like Keon Ellis is a nice scoring threat. They can knock down threes. Javon Quinterly, solid guy off the bench. Uh, I would just say this. It's a dangerous game for Baylor. Because I think Coleman Coliseum is going to show out. They are going to be loud. They are going to the fans are going to be in, you know, screaming and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I, th- I just think Baylor's too good, and I think this is a game that Baylor wins. I think so too. Seven straight games with the opposing team, uh, seven or six, I believe, where the, the opposing team has scored less than seventy points. Their defense has been become that boa constrictor that it was last year. I think the Baylor Bears are going to win on the road. Three o'clock, ESPN two. This one's really interesting. Florida started off well last night against Tennessee. They got run in the second half of that game. Um, this Florida is on the, the bubble. Mike White special. Mike White loves to live on that bubble. That mean, every single year, seven to ten seed seems like Florida a dangerous seven to ten, mind you. Yep, that's where they are now. I will say this: Oklahoma State, to their credit for not being an NCAA uh, tournament eligible team has fought their tails off all year long. And also isn't Kate Cunningham, not to mention that. But I think this is a game where Colin Castleton could take over. Oklahoma State has lacked significant size in the post for the last couple of years. Castleton's a guy who can give you a lot of minutes 
Oklahoma State only has uh, size and spurts. That's where I think Florida can take advantage and win this fo- uh, football game, basketball game in the post, casting with the size. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, record-wise, obviously two pretty comparable teams. Florida lost three straight to start SEC play. Then they looked like they were getting things together, won three straight, and now they've dropped two in a row, blowout loss at Ole Miss and a closer loss at Tennessee. But Colin Castleton, he was dealing with an injury for a little bit, missed a couple games. He's the straw that stirs the drink. Haven't heard yet if he'll if he's going to play this week right, yeah. or if not. But uh, Tyree, Tyree Appleby is a good scorer for them. Uh, he's been scoring a double digits a lot for them lately. But uh, if they have no Castleton, they're going to get killed on the glass. And that's that's what happened to them the other night against Tennessee. That's, that's the thing about this Oklahoma State team is the effort is off the charts. I mean, they're going to attack the glass, attack the rim. And, and that's where you need a, a Colin Castleton to help them out. Uh, this one's the, probably the worst game of the day. Uh, it could be a decent basketball game, but what's the temperature on Kermit Davis? Ole Miss is a football school. It's a football school. It's a football school. But what's temperature on a guy like Kermit Davis? The temperature, I'll tell you what, on Bruce Weber is pretty high. He is on the bubble right now with a team that is, they sucked last year, but they're on the bubble now. You think, oh, well, you know, Bruce deserves another chance. But K-State, I mean, when when you're in the Sunflower State and Kansas is your rival, the stands, are, the, the, you know, the stakes get raised a little bit. Um, so they need this win pretty badly. What's the temperature right now at Ole Miss and with Kermit Davis? I think he hasn't been there long enough for them to be screaming hot seat with him. But man, they had high expectations with him, and I think I think Kermit Davis is one of the best, or has been one of the better coaches in college basketball at least the last decade. But um, Ole Miss dealt with injuries. I mean, their best player, Jarkel Joyner, has only played 13 games this year. Uh, Deshaun Ruffin, they've got back now, but but he's only played in 12 games. If they could start to get healthy, they could be a team that starts to make some noise in the SEC. But you're right. I mean, this is a battle of two bad teams. And, you know, the, it, I remember previewing these games with you a year ago, Josh, and we looked at it and we said, you know, it was a matchup where we're like, all right, these are two bad teams. And then we saw it play out on the court. And it's two bad teams. You know, it's it's a game that's like 21-23 at half. And you're like, oh, God, this is just awful. Like, I could see that happening with Kansas State at Ole Miss. But, yeah, man, if I had to pick a side, maybe I say Ole Miss just because they're at home. But, They've been so inconsistent. Again, the injuries are a big part of it. Um, wouldn't be surprised if Kansas State won. Yeah, and to go back to the last game, uh, I just did some digging. Kasten expected to miss some time. We're not sure if it'll be this game or not. But if he plays, thumbs up for the Gators. If he doesn't, even matchup, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I guess. But, like, this is a Florida right. team that lost to Texas Southern earlier in the year. Like, good <laughs> God. Like, get it figured out, Mike White. What are you? Right. What, what are you? What is, what is your team at this point? Uh, all right. So we have to move on to the to the big windows, to the to the games that, uh, that all of, you know, the, the big matchups of the day. Let's get one out of the way first. That's not a big one. Five, well, don't discredit this game. Uh, 5 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2, Mississippi State at Texas Tech. A rematch of a bowl game, ironically enough. Yeah. This is the Mike the Mike Leach special <laughs> right here. I'll tell you what, Chris, Texas Tech is damn good. They are. They pushed Kansas to the brink the other night. It wasn't for Oshai Abajinas and his uh, you know, his stupendous shot making. Uh Texas Tech would have swept Kansas this season. And I think it's a damn good Kansas team. This is 
Mississippi State's good. They really challenged Kentucky, if I if I'm correct, yep. the other night. It's just it's a tough environment. This people don't understand this. Lubbock, Texas, is one of the best five to ten basketball environments in the country. United Supermarkets Arena is a horror show to go into and try to win. Texas Tech wins this one, but it does not mean Mississippi State is a bad basketball team. Yeah, Texas Tech has got it all figured out. They're good at baseball. They're they're good at basketball. They got to figure out the football thing. But uh, yeah, I wonder if Chris Beard looks back and says, "Man." Maybe I should have hung around a little bit longer. I know the big payday at Texas, and I know all that. You know, and he's doing okay at Texas so far. But man, he's looking back, going, "They're they're basically at Lubbock, going, we don't miss you, dude. Thanks, thanks for what you did here, but we don't miss you." Uh, State has been kind of a surprise team in the SEC this year. Iverson Molinar is a big reason why he's averaging over 18 points a game. But um, yeah, I, I've watched Texas Tech a handful of times this year. They are so good. Um, I, I think I'm with you. I think there'll be too much for, for Mississippi State, and that environment's going to be rocking. Two key matchups coming up. First, quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, UFC, boxing, Vegas casino games, everything you could want, they have there at betonline.ag. New, sleek, clean interface there as well. Go to betonline.ag today. It's free to sign up. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON. You'll receive a 50% deposit bonus right now. So if you deposit 100 bucks, you have an extra 50 inside credit to play with today. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. All right, so two excellent matchups. Uh, the first one we talk about it here is 5 o'clock Central Time on ESPN. These teams have been doing this basically. I mean, they switch the matchups everywhere else. Well, the one thing they give us, Chris, every single year, it's Kentucky, it's Kansas. It's always awesome every single time to see the blue, you know, the term blue blood gets used in college basketball. Blue is the color for both of these teams. And I got to go to Allen Fieldhouse the first time. Um, I heard an interview this week with Oshai Abaji, and he said, our environment was pretty good against Missouri this year. Did not mention Texas Tech on Monday night. He goes, this one's probably going to be a bit better. I'm sure the Cats fans will travel as many of them as possible. This is as good as it gets. I mean, because here's the thing. The Kentucky teams, they never peak early. This is when you want to see them. Yeah. What do we have in, What do we have in late January? Because that's usually the best indicator for what can happen in February and then into March. Yeah, this is a really good Kentucky team, and they, they, we're starting to see it now. They're starting to gel a little bit more. Uh, I saw them in person a week ago. I went mm-hmm. in, in, to the game at Texas A&M in College Station, and look, that was a hostile environment at the time. A&M was undefeated in SEC play. Reed Arena showed out, and Kentucky was unfazed, man. They were down, uh, I want to say, by eight points at one point, double digits, and you know they were able to chip away and, and took the lead late and didn't let it go. And, and Oscar Shibway... I think is turning into a star in college basketball, a monster rebounder, but his scoring's been going up too lately. He's averaging over 16 points a game. Uh, the 22 rebounds the other night, the win over Mississippi State. So, um, yeah, he he's definitely the running for player of the year, but it's all the other pieces. They got Severe Wheeler back in the lineup. He's the one that, that gets that offense going. Keon Brooks can score. Kellen Grady can knock down shots. Davion Mintz, a really good defender. Ty Ty Washington's the one to watch because I know he got banged up 
the other night. We'll see what his status is. But, man, they are just a really good team, and I think they're going to give Kansas everything they can handle. Yeah, if Ty Ty doesn't play, I think this one is – it's a problem because, you know, look, Kentucky's been playing well, but to me, I said this for me in the season, if this Kansas team gets it figured out, they're the best team in the country, period. Because they bring in Remy Martin, who is a guy um, who's an All-American last year, preseason, and really hasn't actually figured out. They sat him against Texas Tech in the later, later parts of that game. Um, Oshai Abaji right now is a player of the year. Christian Brown is a, is a really good, Christian Brown, excuse me, really good player for them on the perimeter. David McCormick in the post can be the, one of the best players in the country, and I think he's an equal match for Osh, Oscar Shibay. I, I will say this. Not everybody can play for Bob Huggins, so I actually don't excuse him transferring from West Virginia. That's a tough place to play. You have to want to run and run and run, and, and uh, you know, that wasn't the right fit for him. I understand it's great to see him flourish at Kentucky in this way, uh, so I'm, I'm glad for him, but I think McCormick can be his match. And here's the crazy part about, about Kansas is that they bring two guys off the bench. Joseph Yesifu, Yesifu from Drake, if you heard the name, 30-point score in the NCAA tournament game last year, um, and he was on a, a just absolutely ripping tear towards the back end of the season. Jalen Coleman-Lands was a leading scorer last year at Iowa State's 15 a game in the Big 12, transfers to Kansas. Uh, Adams also, two for them, K.J. Adams, Great defender who's a freshman off the bench, or they'll play big minutes in the end. If Kansas gets this figured out because of how good Oshai Baji has been, he is the best player in the country. If, if it's all clicking for them, it's over. And they're not even at a defensive level they're comfortable with yet. So if there's no Ty Ty Washington, to me, Chris, I think this game, you know, I feel bad for saying this, but like, I think it's pretty much a wrap. I, I think Kansas can win. And saying that's you know, Texas Tech just gave them a great game at home, but uh, Kansas is, is pretty damn good this year. Yeah, I'll say this. Kentucky, at least, uh, you know, through a couple of games recently, they've had really good starts. You know, that, that was, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's been a couple of games where they come out of the gates and they're able to get an early lead and you go, okay, this is good. It's the games where they fall behind, man, and they got to chip away and they got to come back. Those are the games that, you know, really. There's have, no chipping away in Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. It's tough. To, you got to be a different kind of team to do it. Yeah, if Kansas grabs the grabs an early lead and is up, say, seven or eight points, I mean, Kentucky could go into panic mode. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm picking Kansas to win it just because they're at home, but I wouldn't be surprised if this one came down to the wire. So this last one to me is the most compelling. Oh, there it is. showing up. Oh, there it is. All right, so 7 o'clock uh, Central Time on ESPN. Tennessee is Texas. This is going to be, a, it should be, a celebration of what Rick Barnes did at Texas, man. I mean, he, what a, and, and you've seen at Tennessee now too. He has been an excellent coach wherever he has gone. Um, maybe the time was right. Maybe it wasn't when, when, when they got rid of Rick Barnes. But this this should be a celebration. And to what we can tell, Chris Beard is all, has been all about the past at Texas, right? He wants to celebrate the past. I, I think there's going to be no mistaking. There will be a celebration of Tennessee, not Tennessee, but what Rick Barnes accomplished at Texas and him as a coach. And I'm really excited to see him go back to a place where he won a whole lot of basketball games and where a future Hall of Famer stuck his claim, staked his claim for that, you know, made that claim, really. It's going to be awesome to see. 
Yeah, it will be, and I'm sure they'll have the tribute video there and all that. But talking to my buddy who's a big UT fan, I mean, he still looks at at, uh, Rick Barnes as the underachiever, as, man, we had all these great teams, and, you know, we came close, but, man, we should have had deeper runs. You know, when you talk about DJ Augustine and Kevin Durant and all these great players, LaMarcus Aldridge, all these great players, and, man, to not, you know – get to the championship, win it, let's bring a title home. Uh, again, that's a Texas fan maybe holding him to a, a different standard. I'm with you, I think, that you celebrate the success of him. But, man, that said, these are two really good basketball teams. Like, we're going to see yeah. a really good game. Uh, Tennessee starting to put things together as of late. Three straight wins, including a big win over LSU last week. Santiago Vescovi. Or Vescovy, however he's pronouncing it now. Did he change? He changed. They the changed the pronunciation. So whatever you want to say, but Vescovy <laughs> is balling out as of late. Twenty-three points in the win over uh, Florida. Kennedy Chandler, one of those super talented freshmen that they brought in. He's had his ups. He's had his downs. He had seventeen the other night. He get, gets a lot of assists. So we'll see what which Kennedy Chandler shows up in this one. But uh, no, yeah, two really really good basketball teams. And and yeah, I mean, just outside of the honoring Rick Barnes and all that kind of stuff. I think once this game gets going, could get a little bit chippy, and maybe we have a, no. you know, maybe we see some some uh, attitude from both teams. Well, I mean, you know this. I mean, the Rick Barnes teams like to they like to fight it out, they, they, you know. And Chris Beard wants to have the toughest team on the floor. This should be a fight in a phone booth. This should be two guys, you know, two two boxers putting up their hands, just just slinging it. And and, and I know people booed the Tennessee Texas Tech game. But friends, that's that might be part two. This might be part two, and both teams might embrace the fact that it's going to be, despite the fact there's a lot of t- there's a lot of talent on the floor on both sides. But to me, Chris, this is the perfect nightcap. I prefer this to having Kansas Kentucky as your nightcap. I like the sentimental value. I, I like the two coaches, but kind of the same style of being like, all right. Let's see who's tougher. You know, thank you. I appreciate you giving me appreciation. Chris versus Rick. Let's see who's tougher. I kind of like that. And I think at the end of the day, Josh, what we'll be talking about is the SEC Big 12 Challenge. I think both leagues go five and five. I think think it's a draw (laughs) on Saturday. I think there's a very good chance that we see both teams, yeah, kind of split this thing uh, at 500. All right, Chris. Uh, really enjoyed it. Where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Yeah, at uh, at Chris Gordy on Twitter, at LockedOnSEC, and, of course, LockedOnSEC.com for all the latest in the SEC. And for those Oklahoma, Texas fans out there, come subscribe early because you guys are coming over to the party very soon. Hey, 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 hey. It might be 2024, 2025. <laughs> Slow your roll. Uh, for those of you who want to find me on Twitter, it's at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show on Twitter at LO Big 12. You can find Locked On Big 12 where you guys get your podcasts uh, and also on YouTube as well. You can find both of us on YouTube. Can't wait. Jackson Dart, Old Miss Bound. Is that is that what we're hearing? That's what it's sounding like. I mean, I, I think it makes the most sense. And then you get his tight end and Trig in as well. Man, Lane Kiffin, he doesn't rebuild. He just reloads with tons of guys from the transfer portal. Chris, it's always a pleasure, man. Absolutely, Josh. Anytime, man. Hey, before we get out of here today, I wanted to let you guys in on a little bit. We got the big NFL playoff games happening this Sunday, AFC Championship, NFC Championship, and one of the biggest stars from the SEC, Joe Burrow, the Heisman Trophy winner from LSU just two years ago, going to his first AFC Championship game with the Cincinnati Bengals. So nobody better to get a set for what to watch for in this game than our friends over at Locked on Bengals. 
Will the Bengals take down the Chiefs on Sunday in Kansas City and advance to the Super Bowl? Hi again, everyone. I'm James Rapine of the Locked On Bengals podcast, and that is the question going into this epic AFC championship game between two teams that played each other this month. They played each other on January 2nd at Paul Brown Stadium. The Bengals came out victorious 34-31, to overcoming three different 14-point deficits. I expect Sunday to be a different story. The Bengals can't fall behind against this Chiefs team by two scores and expect a rally on the road. But the number one key, protect Joe Burrow. Burrow was sacked nine times last week against the Titans. He was hit 13 times. And yeah, the offense had 19 points. Well, 19 points isn't going to cut it against Patrick Mahomes. The magic number, 40. If they can somehow get to 40, you feel good about their chances. How do they do that? They keep Joe Burrow upright. If they do that, he can distribute the ball to all of his weapons, including Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd in the Bengals just might sneak in to the Super Bowl. For more, make sure you check out the free and the only daily Bengals podcast, Locked On Bengals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate those guys over at Locked On Bengals. Let's see how many SEC guys we end up with in the Super Bowl again this year. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the great basketball happening all day Saturday between the SEC and the Big 12. And we'll talk to you guys on Monday. We'll recap that and get you caught up to date on all the latest news around with the transfer portal and guys declaring for the draft and everything else you need to know across the SEC. I am Chris Gordy. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out the Locked on Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling, getting you all the picks you need. Talk to you guys on Monday right here on Locked on SEC.